This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. We've all heard the audio recording by now. Donald Trump and then Access Hollywood reporter Billy Bush engaging in sexually explicit and derogatory conversation about women. But this is not the first time that Donald Trump has put down a segment of a population. How much trauma has he inflicted on others? We go to Gary Dierenfeld, social worker and family therapist. He joins us on the line now to talk about this. Gary, thanks for joining us on Zoomer Radio. Great to be with you, Jane. It began with derogatory comments about Mexicans and Muslims, and now women, uh, half the population, are being told by the U.S. Republican presidential nominee that what he said about women and grabbing them sexually is just locker room talk. How does. Just on that alone, let's distinguish. He wasn't saying what he would do, what he would like to do. This is a guy who was bragging about what he has done and bragging in such a way so as to suggest it's reasonable, acceptable male behavior. And, and he clarified that, no, that's not what I meant. That's just the way, in his words, people talk. Yeah, so, you know, he likes to go back and forth. Uh, he likes to project blame onto others, minimize his impact, minimize anything untoward about himself without really providing any meaningful apology. Uh, a meaningful apology requires a person apologizing to do so unabashedly, to take full responsibility for it, and not undermine the own apology, their own apology by then uh, uh, watering it down or scapegoating someone else in the process. Right, because we, d- we just keep on talking about it if we don't feel satisfied with the apology, right? There you go. There you go. Because there hasn't been a meaningful apology, this matter hasn't been laid to rest. From, from a therapist's point of view, from a social worker point of view, his behavior will infect a certain portion of the population who themselves believe that such behavior is acceptable. He becomes the, the, the role model of, of obfuscation, making things seem other than what they are, and the role model of getting away with abusive behavior. You know, I turned to my husband when I saw that his, his apology that he recorded before the debate, and I thought he almost had it right up until the last line when he said, but if you think I'm bad, Hillary Clinton's husband, Bill, uh, is facing far more serious allegations. And I thought, why would you do that? You're, how can you make a sincere apology if you're then turning it around and making it somebody else's fault or making somebody else seem worse than you? Uh, exactly. And that is unfortunately um, a behavior that we see in people who abuse others. Uh, they, they look for someone who's worse than themselves to therefore excuse their behavior. And th- that just doesn't work. And when you are on the receiving end of that, 
it can be very crazy-making. Uh, because on the one hand, you, you thought you had received um, that apology, yet on the other hand, uh, it's been undermined. We actually refer to that as gaslighting. So explain that further. Well, in gaslighting, we, we, things are never what they seem. We give an impression. Uh, it's kind of like the sleight of a hand of, of a magician. You know, we make things appear with one hand, yet they disappear with the next. Mm. And then we look at you, and, and the person uh, to who, who is experiencing this on the receiving end, when they comment on it, when they say, hey, you just did such and so, because of that sleight of hand, they'll point to the hand they want you to see and say, no, I didn't. And they'll say, but it's in the other hand. And they say, no, 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 it's not there. Don't look there. Look here. That will drive the person around the bend having to deal with this person who is, at the end of the day, just slippery and not being held accountable. How do you think um, this dismissiveness uh, on Trump, by Trump himself about his locker room talk, how does that affect a woman who's been sexually assaulted in the same way as Trump described as just the way people talk? Yeah, good question. That continues to make women feel objectified, uh, or make some women continue to feel objectified, that their value is, is diminished, that they uh, have no worth, that they can be t- talked about so poorly. And, and when Trump dares to say that that is locker room banter, we then need to ask the question, by whose standard and whose locker room? And so we have many men coming forward and saying, that's not acceptable banter and or behavior in our locker rooms ever. And so, so those who rally to Trump's side, um, there's this concept of, of aligning with the abuser. And very often these are also persons who will take an abusive stance or who have been abused and feel impotent, powerless, and seem to derive some sense of value uh, by aligning with someone more powerful than themselves, even if it's a a negative leader. There will be people in our audience today, Gary, who will accuse me of being anti-Trump for having this conversation. I think what we need to point out here, and I certainly, I root, I'm rooting for everybody. If you've done wrong, if you've made a mistake, if you've spoken in a way that's not appropriate, and you make a heartfelt apology, and you would appear to be sincere— I'll be in your corner. The accusation here against Trump has less to do with him as a presidential candidate and more to do do with him as a human being. So what kind of reaction, if you're a woman listening and you've been a victim of unwanted touching or grabbing, how did Trump's comments and then his dismissiveness of his comments make you feel? 416-360-0740, 416-360-0740, You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. They're conflating sex talk and sexual assault talk, all right? Trying to make Trump's comments sound normal is not something that they're achieving. Because I'm sorry, that is not normal. 
There is a big difference between saying dirty words and glorifying non-consensual sexual contact. Not every guy has these conversations. No, that's a crime. That's a crime. There is a big difference. People are like, oh, come on, guys talk dirty. Yeah, guys talk dirty, but guys are not all having conversations about sexual assault. Trevor Noah, host of The Daily Show, summing up his view of Donald Trump's comments and Trump's response to his comments. We're continuing our conversation with Gary Derenfeld, social worker and family therapist who's been on the line with us. Uh, Gary, I think Trevor has basically summed it up, right? We're, oh, we're totally. talking about uh, we're, ta- we're talking about sexually assaultive behavior yep. versus sexually charged comments. Correct. And and that's why I go back to this isn't Trump saying this is what I think or this is what I would do. He's saying this is what I've done. And so he's engaged in sexually assaultive behavior, and he's legitimizing it, making it appropriate for others to think, say, and do similarly. That is objectively abhorrent. Let's go to the phones. 416-360-0740-1866-744-740. Dennis and Brampton, you're first to go here on Fight Back. Thanks for taking my call, Jane, and compliments to your guest. I think he's uh, hitting the nail uh, right on the head. I, I guess my comment uh, has more to do with the fact that this is not new behavior for Donald Trump. And given the consistency of his past behavior uh, in terms of objectifying and being uh, rude to women, these, these latest comments, in, in my view, we're re- really speaking to the value and character of the man himself. That's who he is. And for those who could, would think that he is somehow fit uh, to be the leader of the, the Western world, the free world, uh, it, it's just beyond the pale. He's, he's simply unfit for the job. That's well, my comment. Yeah, and, but what about, uh, Gary, the argument that he made these comments in 2005 when he wasn't even close to thinking about running for president of the United States and that maybe he's reformed his behavior and his thought process? So the behavior in 2005 is consistent with behavior in the 1990s. It's consistent with behavior over the course of that campaign where he aggrandizes violence, uh, puts down bullies, anyone else who stands in his way. And if you don't think this stuff matters, um, let me tell you, this is a fellow who wants to set uh, American policy, whether it's overseas, whether it's uh, domestic. This is a man who wants to turn back road versus way. This is a man who, who wants to take away uh, gay rights. This is a man who's, who what he spews um, transfers into his policy thinking. And so that could be very dangerous uh, for large groups of people, um, not only in America, but throughout the world. Bob in Etobicoke, you're on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. To add your comment, go ahead. My comment is um, some of the things that Trump says and believes, uh, I don't necessarily believe in. But one of the things about those particular comments that we're talking about is uh, what he said and what maybe happened or maybe had not happened is is really not as insignificant compared to what, for example, President Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy, um, 
If we were to uh, criticize and really not want to have any business with people who uh, abuse women, uh, taking advantage of their, so, you know, being a celebrity, I don't think we would ever allow half the, for example, basketball players into the city because um, there's an awful lot of that. You'll see women will line up at the door just to get a night with these people. And it's very, very common for celebrities, and they have to reject most of it. And sometimes, you know, what do you do? Uh, But don't you think it's a good thing, Bob, that we do know about this behavior now? Back in the Kennedy era, it was an unwritten rule amongst journalists that you didn't talk about that stuff. I know that. And and what are, you know, back years ago, not everything you said was recorded. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the way it goes. Now, take a look at that Gameshi deal. Gameshi. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of women, and most of them will not ever appear. And I happen to know one of the people who, who did testify, and it has kind of ruined their life because of the fact that it did happen. He should have, you know, like, I didn't agree with the verdict. I did agree that he should not have been charged with sexual assault. It should have been simple assault for the actual abuse. If somebody is as consented to sex but get punched in the face, that is not part of the deal. Like that, that's not how you behave. So how do the, how does your analogy relate to Trump and his comments? Um, it's I'm not you know like it, it doesn't bother bother me um, because of the fact that I know what celebrities go through. There's a woman that I, I know slightly. I don't know her that well. I've met her. And uh, she arranges um, women to spend time with uh, basketball stars uh, that come in from the States. Mm-hmm. And out of the revenue she gets from the basketball stars, she has bought two $500,000 condos. Okay, so so Gary, what we're just hearing from our caller there is that uh, Trump was a victim of his own celebrity. In other words, he had access to women in a way that regular people wouldn't and that would be acceptable as a result of the celebrity culture. I think that's what I'm getting from that call. Right. So quite frankly, that caller didn't make sense to me. The caller was in part legitimizing what sounded like uh, prostitution and living off the avails of prostitution, and uh, also legitimizing uh, somehow or other inappropriate to dangerous behavior on the basis of celebrity. Um, doesn't matter who you are. Those behaviors um, hurting other people, um, grabbing uh, uh, people inappropriately, um, uh, running them down verbally, None of that is acceptable behavior. All of that is abusive, um, and it doesn't matter who you are. You don't get a get-out-of-jail-free card on the basis of your profession, and, and if your profession involves celebrity. And, and, and again, we're talking about someone who wants to be uh, the president of the United States, where that behavior, attitudes, and what he has to say belies his views of social policy. And, and that's very scary for a lot of people, um, except perhaps those who revel in his abuse. 
when I promoted the show this morning on Twitter, uh, saying that you and I would be talking about uh, the trauma caused by Trump, I, I received an immediate response from somebody saying, well, what about Bill Clinton? Uh, to which my, you know, my humorous response is, well, Bill Clinton's not running for president. <laughs> Hillary Clinton is running for president. But is she, is, should she be accused of dismissing women who've made allegations of um, sexual abuse against her husband? Is she complicit in evoking negative responses from women? She may may be complicit in that. Some of the other arguments levied against her is when she was acting, uh, I believe, as a defense attorney. And so as a defense attorney, it's her job to to defend those folks who have been accused. And so I can't hold it against her for acting the role uh, in the defense attorney. And also, I'm not going to uh, blame her if she... Um, you know, chooses to remain in a marriage with a man who who uh, clearly was abusive to women, and and but now we're looking at where are these two people at presently? What does their behavior belie? And we're not seeing her abusive in the way that Donald Trump is, mm-hmm. where where he he incited uh, people to act on their Second Amendment rights by um, inferring that they could uh, assassinate Hillary if she were to be elected. This is a guy whose behavior, uh, as as the first caller said, is so beyond the pale, and sadly it will influence some people uh, poorly, and it will create trauma. It will put uh, fear in those who are currently or will be suffering at the abuse, uh, abuse at the hands of abusive people. We've got five minutes to go here in a bank of callers. I want to get to everybody. Kathy in Niagara Falls, go ahead. You're on Zoomer Radio. Yes, um, your gentleman just said everything that I wanted to say about uh, trying to incite people to to kill her and everything. He's not a gentleman. What happened to people that were gentlemen? We used to teach our boys to open doors for girls and and to act, you know, nice to women and that. And he's the exact opposite. I can't believe the American people uh, respect him enough to let him run for president after what he's done. Does it surprise you, Kathy, how many women in the United States back Donald Trump? Yeah, it does, because he's just the epitome of a, a pig, really. Thank you for your call. Ed and Barry, go ahead. You're on Zoomer Radio. Yeah, hi, Gene. Uh, I, I just want you to ponder on this. Uh, I was watching an apocalypse show. This might sound a little far out, but I heard these three lines quoted out of Genesis, and uh, it goes like this. He will seemingly come from outside the ranks, and he will uh, uh, portray great wealth. He will call himself the Savior, but he will be evil. He will say falsehoods, but he will uh, accuse his uh, opponents of of lies. And I heard those three lines, and I said, holy cow, this sounds like Trump. And you know who they're talking about? Go ahead, yeah. (laughs) The Antichrist. I have I've seen uh, that same posting on Facebook. A lot of people are making that reference, uh, right or wrong. It uh, certainly has been used to make a point. Carla in Toronto, go ahead. You're on Zoomer Radio. Carla, go ahead. It's your turn. Okay. Um, 
Um, I just wanted to make a comment about him putting this all this language down to locker room banter. But you got to remember, when he said these things about these women, he was almost 60 years old. And I don't care if you're in a locker room or if you're in a church. At 60 years old, you should know better. Right. And so, in other words, you might accept the, that kind of language from somebody who's young and immature, but not somebody well, who's... Uh, Fair enough. Twelve fifty-seven now. Margaret in Kitchener, go ahead. You're on fight back. Oh, we're gonna get the speakerphone off. All righty. Oh, I didn't think I'd get in. Yeah, well, I just have one uh, comment. Give the guy enough rope, and he'll hang himself. And you th- do you think that that's happened, or is oh, there it's, it's is there happening. still is there still some rope? Yeah, Hillary doesn't even have to say anything. Just let him talk, and he'll do himself in. Well, certainly the conversation has um, been led away from Hillary versus Donald, and it's uh, there's just a lot of focus on Trump at this point. I know Gary, and we're speaking with Gary Dierenfeld, social worker, family therapist. I know you're not a strategist. But in terms of what you might coach or offer guidance to Donald Trump at this point to turn his campaign and himself around, what would what would you say? I first of all, uh, it would be like talking to the wall. So I don't know that there is anything that could be offered to Donald Trump. He's had some of the best minds in the U.S. Uh, USA try to influence um, his discourse to no avail. So, uh, and I think Hillary is actually using one of the strategies that, that the second-to-last caller said. She is going to give him enough rope to hang himself. That was her strategy uh, as it presented itself during the debates. She didn't need to argue back half of what he said. We can just look at his uh, domineering, aggressive stance, uh, talking over her, um, cutting her off, uh, the rude quips. Those are all the strategies of the bully and an abusive person. Gary, once again, uh, it's a pleasure to speak with you, and uh, we'll bring you in next time we have a similar topic. Good to chat with you, Jane. I hope it was helpful. It was very helpful. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.